0: Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here with you all this morning. I want to thank, first of all, Pastor Bill and Pastor Pam for having us today. We're so glad to be here. Pastor Pam is not here right this second, but I can see her in my mind's eye. So, um, see, I must have said something bad in the first service. And then she's like, I'm not listening to this guy. I'm out of here. No, there she is. Here she comes, Miss, Yay! Miss the beautiful. Pastor Pam, we're so glad to be here. Thank you so much. We honor you all. We're so glad. Uh, would you honor your pastors, please? Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, we honor people because we are honorable ourselves, right? We don't have to have people earn our honor and earn our... No, we want to honor people because we are honorable people. So, honor is so important. It's so critical. In life, but we're so grateful for you all. I love, I love your pastors. I just feel such a connection with them. I haven't known them very long. I think I just met Pastor Bill for the first time last year, but um, man, we had so much fun together. Kicked it off, and so much so he had me back. So we're good. (laughs) So anyway, but it's um, it's good to be in Indiana. Like it. It's cold. (laughs) I don't like the cold, but I like the state. I guess. You know, so no, I miss my country of Texas. So it's uh, we're from Dallas, so it's a good talk there. I came yesterday. We brought the wrong kind of clothes, or two days ago. I was like, man, it's like ice up here. <laughs> yesterday I was walking around. We got to go to Notre Dame yesterday. Any Notre Dame fans in here? No, no? that's good. <laughs> Boilermaker fans. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, we went, went up to Notre Dame, though, we got to walk around. Man, we were walking around, like, it is freezing here. <laughs> so, by the evening, I'm, like, sprinting to the car because I'm so cold. <laughs> anyway, so this morning, I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 21. So if you want to go there in your Bibles, I'm going to read from there in just a minute. But um, we're glad to be Oh, Oh, we brought some, like, CDs and some books. We Yesterday, we did um, the... Phew, phew, Family dynamics. I knew I did something on family. So yesterday, yesterday we did um, some family dynamics and um, in my dynamic in my family is my wife keeps me in order. And so she balances me out. But this is a great book. It was written by my father-in-law, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty. And um, so you want to, i encourage you to pick that up. You can buy it on our table on the way out. And then also here's a series that we did. Did a called Balanced Home, and I believe it'll help you in your, in your family and in your life, so if you want to pick that up, they're in the table in the back, encourage you to look at them, so resources are a very important thing that we have, and we educate ourselves, and we're learning constantly, so leaders are learners, right? We're called to lead people, so... Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, here we go. It says this, this Jesus, he's coming into the last week of his life. He's riding on a donkey into Israel, and then this is how it reads. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, and he came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, You shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them from nazareth of galilee let me pray jesus i just thank you for this day this opportunity to come together as one to hear from you i thank you that you holy spirit are going to speak to us and you're going to tell us where we can improve and convict us and change our lives in jesus name amen amen Amen. so jesus is coming in on the donkey and and you know he's doing this for two reasons one He's doing it because he's, he's going to fulfill the word that the prophet, prophet Zechariah spoke. But then also, Jesus is the king of kings, right? And during this day, a king would enter into the city one of two ways. He would come in on a horse, and when he came in on a horse, he's saying, I'm coming to conquer the city. I'm going to defeat this city. But then a king, too, would come in on a donkey at times. And when he came in on a donkey, what he was saying, he said, I'm coming to bring peace. And so Jesus, he's riding in on this donkey and he's saying that I'm the king and I'm coming to bring peace into your life. He's the what? He's the prince of peace is how we know him. And so Jesus, the prince of peace, is saying, I'm coming to bring peace into your life. But see, they had peace pictured as that. Okay, he's bringing us peace in the natural, that he's going to overthrow the Roman, the Roman Empire and that he's going to set up his rule and his reign here on the earth. But see, Jesus had something much more, much greater that he was going to do. He was going to set up his heavenly, he was bringing the kingdom of earth into our life, so that we could be filled with peace, so that we could have victory in our lives. And see, so what's happened is now the people are seeing the king ride in and they're seeing him proclaim peace on this donkey as he rides in. And they take the palm branches and they're laying the palm branches before him and they're shouting Hosanna to the son of David. And so these palm branches, they represent triumph. They represent goodness. They represent victory. And so they're seeing that this, this king, he's going to be triumphant. He's going to be victorious. And he's going to give that to me. And so they're shouting Hosanna. And when you study the etymology of the word Hosanna, what it actually means is it, it's meaning to save me. It's, it's like an intense like save me now. Like a very strong save me. You know, picture if you're drowning. If you, you, you throw it, get thrown into water and you don't know how to swim and somebody's drowning. You know, they don't say the lifeguard like, hey, you know, I can't swim. Come help me, please. You know? No, if you're drowning and you can't swim, it's like, save me. Come help me. You know, I can't swim. You know, I mean, they are just like panicking. But, but, but it's in a sense of urgency. And so the people, they have that sense of urgency of save me. Save me. I need salvation. I need help. I need to get out of this situation that I'm in. I need to overcome these obstacles and these circumstances that I'm facing in life. I need to be victorious. I want to be victorious. I want to experience that peace and that strength and that victory that only the King, only the Messiah is going to be able to give. And so the people, they're seeing that, okay, this is the Messiah. These are the people that recognize that this is the Messiah. These are not the people that are going to say, I want to crucify Christ. No, these are his followers, you know. And and they're saying, he's the Messiah. He's the prophet. He's the one. He's the king that's going to deliver me and save me and help me and give me a life of victory that I want. And so, you know, my big thought of the day is this. It's through Jesus we can have victory and peace in our lives. That's the big thought. Through Jesus, we can have victory and peace in our lives. How many of you, you've been around somebody that likes to, that has won a big game before? Okay, how many of you have just been around somebody that's won a game? Anybody? Any kind of game. It doesn't matter. Okay, there's a bunch of liars in the room. I'm sorry. My wife says you can't say liars, so there's a bunch of people not telling the truth in the room, okay? Because I know you've all been around somebody that has won a game, or maybe you yourself have won. But, you know, when you win a game, or when they've won a game, they carry themselves a certain way, right? Somebody's posture becomes different. They're they're excited about what happens. They're proud of what they've just done, you know, or what, and, and so, you know, they're, they have victory. They've experienced that great victory. And so, you know, I've got a seven-year-old daughter who, I got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. And they're both amazing. I prayed for the seven-year-old because, like, me and Ruthie are completely opposite. I'm very strong-willed, very competitive, very type A personality. She's just not that way. She's not competitive at all. She's so sweet and kind. People love Ruthie. People meet me and they're like, He's rude and mean. I'm not rude and mean. I love you. But Ruthie's like, and her mom, she's like, he always has a mean look on his face. I'm like, I don't have a mean look. I'm just thinking. I'm like, this is my face. I'm just thinking about things. You know, So she, they're like, you need to smile. I'm like, I'm smiling on the inside. I'm happy. So, you know. The um, but so I got a seven year old and a three year old, so I prayed for my seven year old. I'm like, Jesus, give me somebody that's strong willed and that's competitive so that they're just like me. I didn't know what I was praying for, but He gave it to me. And some days I'm grateful, and some days I'm like, wow, this is what it's like to live with me. So, so she she's really competitive the second one I didn't pray for that but (laughs) Jesus said I want you to have another one of those and so he gave me another one of those and so and I don't know if we're done yet or not but they're definitely tilting me that way so you know my seven-year-old she's really competitive and I am too and so you know like Candyland gets intense at my house and to the point, Ruthie's like, we have to put the game up, okay? We have to put it. Because, you know, me and her, we're like throwing cards and plastic toys and board games across the room. And, you know, she, there was one day she went on this winning sprint spree. You know, she like won four games in a row. She kept drawing that fairy with the lollipop, <laughs> you know. So it's like speeds her up at the end. And uh, so I'm getting upset. I'm getting mad. Let's just be honest, you know. Ruthie's like, you just need to relax. I'm like, I need to win. Is what needs to happen. <laughs> and so, so we we continue to play, and this finally, finally, cards start falling my way, and I win a game. She's won four in a row, and she loses one, and she gets upset, you know. And then she's like, well, I'm about, I'm not playing anymore. I said, oh no, you're sit here till I win five games. <laughs> Like, I'm going to win five games, and then you can quit, okay? (laughs) So, anyway, so Candy, that's the kind of personality she is. You know, she's, they told me between the services that they're learning about stewardship and the other um, kids' church, church. and so she was, um, they said that, you know, we're learning about stewardship, and we're setting up these different things, and people are, you, you give or you sell different things, and I can't remember what it is, but they're like, you know, she's just collecting the money, doesn't want to give it back. So, that's my girl. That's my, that's my daughter. Um, so, we got to work on the, 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 you know. Her tithing is, Dad, do you have any money I can give in the offering? I'm like, you got money? She says, well, anyway. So, victory. We have victory. And Jesus gives us victory. And so because he gives us the victory, we can overcome in life. We can win. We can have joy and peace. You know that we don't our life is not dictated by by just good times or or frustrating times and and we're happy and sad and, and this roller coaster of emotion. No, we can have joy because Jesus is in us, because he gives us victory. And we can be excited about life regardless of what's going on. Regardless of what's going on, I can say, you know what? No, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and His joy is what's going to enable me to overcome this. His joy is going to give me the ability to to overcome this with a positive attitude, with speaking the word, knowing that, you know what? I got the victory. He's promised it to me in His word. He's faithful to do it, and so I'm going to experience it. I'm going to walk it out. This is just an opportunity for me to walk out the victory that Jesus paid for me on the cross. And so, you know, a few, a few months ago, I went to the doctor, and, you know, when I went to the doctor, they did the blood test. It was just like an annual physical. That, you know, everything, I'm thinking, it's going to be fine. I was feeling great. And so, you know, I went to the doctor, and then he said, you know, hey, we had some blood work come back, and, you know, all of it looked good except your your liver enzymes were, were really off. And he said, so we need to do some additional blood work to see what's going on. And so, you know, we did, we did the blood work and he said, I'm going to send it off and I'll let it get back to you in a couple days to tell you what's going on. And so he said, you know, we're just checking for, because I asked, I said, what are, you, what are we checking for? And he said, well, this blood test checks for you know, HIV and AIDS and hepatitis A, B, and C. And he said, you know, basically things I know it's not, but we've got to explore every everything at this point. And so a few days later, I get a call, and it's the nurse. And so she says, you know, you came back negative for for HIV and AIDS. You know, I'm thinking, well, of course, I know that. (laughs) And so, and then she said, and you came back negative for hepatitis A and hepatitis C. I'm thinking, well, there's a B in there, I know. You know. She's like, but she came back positive for hepatitis B. And I didn't know anything about hepatitis B. Honestly, I knew it was bad, you know? but I didn't know anything about it. And let me tell you the worst thing you can do when you get a diagnosis from a doctor is go to WebMD. So I hung up the phone, and the first thing I did, I wish I could tell you I started quoting scripture and praying. No, WebMD, you know. Like symptoms, side effects, diagnosis, you know, like all this stuff. How do you get this? And I'm like, I've never done, I haven't done any of those things. And, you know, but I start panicking. I'm looking at the side effects, and, you know, all of a sudden the enemy can start playing with your mind, right? You're like, yeah, I got that symptom, I got that symptom, I got that symptom. Basically, I got hepatitis A, B, and C, even though he's just told me that I'm negative, you know. And so, so, you know, I go and I go tell Ruthie, and I said, Ruthie, you know, this is what the doctor just said. You know, I, I don't know how, you know, where this could come from, why, you know, what's going on, but, but he just said we came back positive for this. And, you know, it's so critical that you get in relationships with people that love Jesus. Because when I came and told her that, she began to encourage me in the Lord. You know, she said, you know what, we're just going to pray and let's continue to speak the word. We know that God's the healer and we may not know how this came about or what's happened, but you know what, God is going to heal and he is faithful to perform his word. We have the victory. And so she began to encourage me and we began to pray with each other and we'd pray with each other every day until that doctor's appointment that was coming up where they would do even more blood work and and C T scans and all of these different things. And but but every night I would go to bed. You know, during that time, that season, and I was just like, you know, I was to be honest, the enemy would come and he would grab me with fear and with worry and doubt. And I would lay in the bed two, three, four in the morning. I'd just have to get up and just start praying. And said the Lord, you know, and just start praying, seeking him. Reading the word, you know, when that didn't work, you know, when I could, still couldn't go to sleep, I'd go turn on the TV. You know, I, just anything to get my mind off of it, right? Because the enemy was just bombarding me with all these thoughts. And so, you know, there's this one night, and it was, was it the day before I was going to the doctor or was it the day of the doctor? Do you remember the appointment? I think it was the, the day of. Okay, the day of that I went to the doctor and the day before the CT scan. So I'd gone to the doctor that morning, and the doctor told me, you know, this is everything. These are the, this is, um, you know, it could be chronic. It could be acute. You know, he asked me, you know, have you done these things? You know, drugs, you know, um, sex with different partners. Ruthie's looking at me like, what you got going on in your extra time? You know. (laughs) And so, no, (laughs) she's going to get mad at me for saying that later. I'm sorry. I repent. And so she, (laughs) y'all heard me repent right here. Okay. So, so you, um, so, you know, and, you know, it's like blood, blood, you know, fluids is like the only way this stuff can happen. And I'm like, there's no way in the world. I, I told him, I looked at him and I said, if I have this and that's the only way you can get it, I got it from your needles. And, you know, because I was mad. I was frustrated. And so I went home and Ruthie and I were talking and we're praying. And so that night I go to bed and I'm just worried. I'm afraid the enemy is just bombardment. So I get up and I start praying and I can't sleep. And so then I lay down on the bed and I'm like, what can put me to sleep? And so I think in my mind, probably just what you're all thinking, a TV preacher that will put me to sleep. Some of you probably couldn't sleep last night, so you thought, I'm going to church this morning so I can get me a good nap, right? I know how y'all are thinking. Wake up over there in the corner. I see you sleeping. One guy in the first service was like this, and then I said that, and he was like, I'm here. Jesus. He didn't think I saw him, but I saw him. So, you know, the, um, and so, you know, I am just turned that on. Turn, the, turn him on. God is amazing. Because we do one thing thinking we're going to have one result. But then we do it, and God gives us something completely different. And I turned on this TV, this, this preacher who I thought for sure was going to put me out. And the first, like, three minutes of it, he says, I'm getting this word right now for the second time in this service. The second time in this service. And he said, and it's about a liver. And he said, somebody's getting a brand new, fresh out-of-the-box liver right now. And so when he said that, where my liver is on the right side of my body, it just lit up with fire. It just burned on the inside of me, almost to the point of pain. It was so hot. And so I just jumped up out of the, I said, Thank you, Jesus. Chills flowing down my body. I said, I know I'm healed. I am healed and I'm going to that CT scan tomorrow and everything's going to look perfect. And I just began to declare the word of God. I said, I have the victory over this. You have given me the victory over this. And because you give me the victory, I can have peace and I can sleep and I don't have to worry or be in fear. And so I went to that CT scan the next day, went to the doctor next week when the results came in and he said, kid you not, these were his words. He said, your liver looks perfect. It looks brand new. His exact words, brand new. I looked at him and I said, it's Jesus. And he said, he said, he, you know, whatever, you know. And I said, I said, no, you don't understand. It's Jesus. He healed me. And the guy said again, I, you, whatever. I told it to him four times and he still wasn't buying it. I said, Jesus healed me. Amen. And I have the victory through him. You have the victory through him. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're up against. But I can tell you that whatever it is, he gives you the victory. He gives you the ability to triumph over whatever it is. Yeah. You know, that marriage, your, your partner, that they're, they're upset with you and it's causing a lot of strife and division in your home. You know, the fights and the arguments that you have, threatening to leave you. You know, whatever it is, you know, God yeah. is the God of victory. Yeah. He's the God of miracles. Yeah. No matter how hard it looks, no matter how like impossible it looks, we serve a God that does the impossible, that is in the business of restoring things that are broken and putting them all back together. And restoration means to make better than it was before. To be put in a position where now all of a sudden your marriage is going to be healthy and whole where you can help other people in their marriages. See, because that's the God that we serve. He's the God that gives us the victory, and he gives us the victory so that we can bring glory to him. See, victory brings glory to God. A lot of times people don't realize that, that God doesn't just want us to walk in victory because it gives us peace. No, he wants us to walk in victory because when we walk in victory, people see that there's something different about him. And we walk in victory, and we show people the victory that Jesus had on the cross 2,000 years ago. We show people the victory that Jesus had over sin, over shame, over sickness, over disease. We show people those things, and so we're revealing the glory of God to the world because I'm walking out the victory that he purchased for me on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's Jesus. That's, that's the miracle-working power of God As he says, I'm going to do something great for you, and you're going to experience peace. You're going to experience joy. You're going to experience my blood. You're going to experience all these great things but really what it's going to do is it's going to glorify me. It's going to glorify me. See, victory glory, glorifies God. You know, uh, Thomas Brooks said this. He said that grace and glory differ very little. It says one is the seed, one is the flower. That grace is glory militant and glory is grace triumphant. Now, what does that mean? See, grace is the power to do, God, to do life God's way. You see, and so when we have that power on the inside of us and we're doing life God's way, now we're glorifying God. See, we're filled with his grace and I'm walking in his power and I'm able to walk out the life that he wants me to live and as a result of that, I'm glorifying God. See, victory brings glory to God. You know, and what does that picture look like? When I'm really experiencing victory, when I'm really Walking through those bad times and I'm walking in victory during those difficult times. What does that look like? Well, I think in Acts chapter 16, this gives me a good picture of it. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. Some of you may be familiar with this story, some of you may not. But it's about two people that followed Jesus, that they love him now. It's after the resurrection. After, after Jesus has ascended to heaven. And it's about Paul and Silas. And he says this, it's about, it says about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You know, I wonder, they're in this dark cell, this dark, dirty, cold dungeon. And they're down with there with a lot of people, and they make that decision that, you know what, I'm going to praise God. And, you know, I think about the different ways that we can praise a lot of people maybe think that, oh, they're just starting to sing. And it says they're singing and praying, praising hymns to God. But you know, there's so many different ways to praise God that it, I love it and it encourages me. That it's not just singing. He's also that scripture says that you can praise God by kneeling, you can praise God by clapping hands, you can praise God by standing, you can praise God by playing instruments, you can praise God through thanksgiving, you can praise God through. There's so many different ways that we can praise God. That God says, I don't want people that just to have one way. I want you to be able to praise me a lot of ways. So that when you're standing, you can make that decision that, you know what? God, I'm going to stand here and I'm just going to praise you and worship you for what you've done for me. And the victory that you give me over this situation. For them, it was being in jail that day, that night. And it says that, and the prisoners... We're listening to them. You see, when we choose to praise God and we live life different, people are looking. And it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfashioned. You see, the situation they were in changed as a result of their praise. Your situation will change as a result of your praise. Whatever it is, it will change as a result of your praise the job that you're looking for, that you've been believing for, it's going to change. You're going to find it. And a better job than you had as a result of your praise. When you choose to praise God, you're going to walk into the victory and walk into the things that He has for you. See, because victory happens when we praise God. Victory happens when we praise God. So the first, victory brings glory to God, number one. Victory happens when we praise God. And it says, When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself. We are all here. Now, I read scripture a lot of times, and I ask myself different questions. And one question I always ask myself with this passage is this. Why did they stay? You know, me, like, it's me. I'm running out the door. You know, I'm not taking time to pray about it. I'm not taking time to think about it. You know, for me, if I praise Jesus to let go, and all of a sudden my, the doors come open and the chains come up fast and I'm like, he answered my prayer, I'm out. You know? But no, they choose to stay. And I wonder if they stayed because they knew that it was going to be an opportunity to show this jailer the glory of God. To show this jailer that, you know what, as a result of our praise, our situation changed. Because of Jesus, our situation changed. And so it says, and the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. See, here's what I love is that Jesus. And he, he didn't just the jailer wasn't the only one whose life was changed that day. His whole house was changed. His entire family came to know Jesus. You see, when you choose to believe, when you choose to stand on God's promises, when you choose to praise him, you know what? You can stand on the promise that God, my entire household, is going to come to love you. My entire household is going to experience your freedom. My husband that doesn't love you right now, my wife that doesn't love you right now, they're going to come into a relationship with you. And they're going to be passionate about you. And they're going to experience the victory in their life that I experienced. My kid that may be far from you right now that has turned their back on you, you know what? They're coming back. They're going to love you passionately, Jesus. And they're going to be a light to this world. They're going to proclaim your word all the days of their life. They're going to step into the gifts and talents that you've given them, and they're going to use them for you, for your glory, to show people who you are in this world, to show people that you give them the victory, that you change lives, that you give them the win in everything that they do. My kid's going to love Jesus all the days of their life. He gives us the victory, and his promise is that our entire household can be changed. And so, and he, brought, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before him, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. You see, victory reveals the goodness of God to the world. Victory reveals the goodness of God to the world. Paul and Silas's victory revealed the goodness of God to this jailer, to his entire house. And what happened was as a result, and I love this, this is unbelievable to me, Jesus didn't just free them from the jail. Jesus took the extra step and provided for all of their needs. It says that he bound up their wounds, that he gave them food, that he worshipped with them. You see, Jesus restores us and makes us whole in every area. He restores us relationally. He restores us spiritually. He restores us professionally in your job. He restores us in our finances. He restores us in our health. Jesus wants to give us victory and restoration, do miracles in every area of our life because when he does, what happens is we reveal his goodness to the world. We bring him glory. It happens through our praise, and we reveal his goodness to the world around us. You see... Jesus makes the difference. He gives us victory. But it's not to stop with us. See, if we think the victory stops with us and it's just something great for us, then we miss it completely. The victory really is for those around us. Because when we show victory that Jesus gives us to those around us, other people's lives are changed. You see, all the great things that are happening in your life, they're not just for you and your family. They're for the entire world. They're for everybody that you know. Because what's Jesus about? Why, why are those amazing miracles happening in your life? It's so that you can share them with the world. Yeah. It's so that you can share that testimony and tell other people how Jesus wants to change their life. Jesus is in the life-changing business, and when we step into a relationship with him, that becomes our mission as well. The great gifts and talents that God's given you, you have them so that you can proclaim him in this world. So you can use them as a platform to speak life into other people. So those gifts and talents that you have, they have to be developed. They need to be nurtured. They need to be cultured. You need to be pouring water on them so they're growing and blossoming. blossoming. Because, you know what, it gives you an even greater platform. So, you know, one way you do that is to serve in the local church. You're all leaders here. You need time to step up and be a servant leader in this church. You know, if you're a visitor for the first time, this is the church for you. You no need to look anymore. (laughs) This is the church for you. It's a great church. It's a life-giving church. It's a church about reaching people and changing lives, helping people in Houston, in our great country of Texas. You know, it's a great, great place. We're going to secede from the union one day. (laughs) And, you know, it's about helping people in Texas. It's about helping people in Puerto Rico. This church is an amazing church, and it's time to step up and serve. I'm falling off. <laughs> Jesus just hit me in the back. Come on. No. Let's go. He, um, so, you know, it, it's a great place. You know, serving youth. Go on trips. Serve as an usher, as a greeter. You know, we need you. serving the sound. If you can't sing, don't serve in the sound. You know? If you can't play an instrument, don't ask to play. We don't need you playing instruments. We got instruments up here. People that can play. Don't come ask to play the bongos if you can't play. We don't need no bongo players, okay? I say that to myself as well. So I can say that. I say that for you, Pastor Bill. I know you can't say that. Get up here. It's all right. I leave tomorrow. He'll fix it next week. Anyway. So, you know what? And Jesus does this so we can do great things for him. You know, a, a, a few months ago, Ruthie was calling and she was paying different bills that we have, different hospital bills specifically. And she picked up the phone and she called one of them. And, you know, the, the person on the other end, the person that was collecting the bill, they said, Miss Sanders, you don't owe us anything. Like, there's no record of you owing us anything. She had the bill from that month in front of her. And they said, you have, you have a zero balance. And then she hung up the phone. She was like, are you sure? You know, she's, she's like, I, I know how always thought I got the bill in front of me. And she hung up the phone. She said, ah, i you mean, never guess what. And then she picked up the phone again, and she called the next person. You know what they said? They said, you have a zero balance. You don't owe us anything. Man, Jesus does miracles. And Ruthie's <laughs> like, are you sure? And she ends up the phone. I'm like, quit arguing with people. <laughs> yeah, Like, if they say you have a zero balance, say thank you. Hang up the phone. <laughs> you know? We don't need to fight to own more money. <laughs> but she picked up the phone again to make call another person. And they said, Miss Sanders, zero balance. You owe us nothing. I just thought, my goodness. God, thank you. You are faithful to perform your word and do miracles on our, and bring us victory so that we're whole in every area. And, you know, I just look back on that and when it happened, I was so grateful that God did a supernatural miracle instantaneous just like he did when he healed my liver. You know, but I also reflected and I thought about, you know what? He's been doing a miracle every day, every month for the last... Years of our last life, for the last 14 years of our marriage. Because he's always made sure that we had enough. More than enough. That he always was taking care of us. He always made sure that we were able to pay the bills, pay the mortgage, pay the, you know, whatever, have food on the table. All those things take care of our girls. You know, but why? Because we love him. We put him first but well, because we're faithful to do what His Word says. We're faithful to stand on His Word, but we're faithful to return the, return the tithe and the offering to Him. Right. See, and that's really where that miracle starts. Yeah. It's with the tithes and the offerings. Yeah. If you're not tithing and offering, you're the one missing out. Right. Yeah. You see, we have to bring our tithes and our offerings. Right. Why? Because it, that's where the blessing starts, yeah. and not just Financially. You see, people think that, okay, when I give money, I'm going to get money in return. Does that happen? Does he do supernatural financial miracles? Absolutely. And believe me, I am standing on it and believing that he will continue to do so. But you know what? I want to challenge you to begin to tithe and bring your offerings because he's going to also make you whole in your relationships. He's going to also make you whole in your spiritual walk with God. He's going to also perform miracles in those other areas of your life where you've been believing for miracles but he's going to do it and start with the tithe. Because see, that tithe, that's, the ble- that's where the blessing starts. Yeah. It really does. Don't miss out on bringing your tithes and your offerings. See, because this church is then I told you it's a life-giving church. What it does is it enables this church to fulfill the mission of God more and more everywhere, to touch the nations of the world, yeah. to do everything it's called to do in Lafayette, Indiana, See, that's why it's so critical that we do that. You know, and God, you're going to see God do miracles and give you victory more and more. I promise you. I promise. Just try it. Just try it. Try it for 90 days. I challenge you. And you'll see. You'll see how God gives you victory in areas of your life where you've been believing, where you've been wanting it, where you've been needing it. So, we choose to praise God and give Him victory. He gives us victory so that we can have peace in our lives. He gives us victory so that we can bring glory to Him. He gives us victory through our praise. He gives us victory so we can reveal His goodness to the world. He gives us victory. You know, and He gives us victory, finally, when we understand that victory is for salvation. Victory is for the purpose of salvation. I said it's for changing lives, and that's what it's about. It's salvation. To change lives, to see miracles happen in other people's lives. See, so that when we get, we get out of the place of really that understanding that this miracle's for me, this is for me, to that place where it's like we understand that this victory has happened so that I can share this with the world and see their life changed. Because it's for salvation. It's for another person's life to be changed. It's for my co-worker's life to be changed. For my neighbor and their life to be changed. It's for that person that I come in contact with at the store or wherever to be changed. So they can experience the peace and the wholeness that I experience. The victory that I get. You see, victory is for salvation. And, And he gives us victory in every area. You know, Ruthie and I... We were um, we were on vacation last year with our girls, and we also got we went with her family as well, and we were in um, Florida, and so I was down at at the swimming pool with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and my daughter Tova and my niece, and so like I was swimming in the deep end, and Tova and Lizzie were swimming in the shallow end, and then. My brother and sister-in-law, we were just talking. And, and so, you know, Ruthie is like the most amazing mom in the world. She's the most amazing wife. She's the most amazing mom. It's like you see wife, you see mom, and then you see Ruthie. Not kidding. She's just the best. And so I love her. She's awesome. You know, I'm not so great. She balances me out. <laughs> Together, I get better. He's perfect. I get better. And so, you know, we, and so this particular day, we were, she was up at the, in the condo. She was waiting for Ziva to wake up from a nap. And, um, and so I was already at the pool. And, you know, normally like when Ziva or our girls come out, Ziva particularly, she was one at the half, one and a half at the time. And so she came out, normally she'd be like lathered up in sunscreen just completely white, even more white, you know, and so she'd be completely white, and this life jacket would be on her that was too big for her, and, you know, but she would be able to float if she was in the water, and, but this particular time, she came out, and she was lathered up in that sunscreen, you know, and ready to go, ready to jump a pool, and my daughters, they love swimming, they love water, and, and so, you know, we've always taught them, like, don't be afraid, you know, if they, if they start saying they're scared or something or worried, we're like, no, we don't get free. We're not afraid. That's one thing that bothers me. I want fear. I don't like that. And so it's like, you know, we don't get scared. And so, you know, they're very bold, and they're very just like take action and independent. And, and so when Ruthie walked out with, with Ziva, this building manager grabbed our attention. He said, hey, I need to ask all you all a question. And so all of our attention went to him. And so he started asking us the question. We started talking to him. And then all of a sudden, we hear Ziva. We hear my niece, Lizzie, scream out, Ruthie, 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 Ruthie. And we turn and we look. And we see that Lizzie is holding Ziva completely lifeless in her arms. Ziva had jumped into the pool. And couldn't swim, and so Lizzie was now holding her. And Ruthie jumps into the water, and I jump out so she can hand me Liz or Ziva. And when she hands her to me, I look at her, and I see that Ziva's face, her lips were completely blue. Her eyelids were blue. She wasn't responding. She wasn't breathing. And so I turned her upside down, and I tried to bang some water out of her lungs. Nothing was happening. And so, you know, I hear my sister-in-law, and I hear my wife, and they're on the phone, and they're calling 911. And they're on the phone with the operator. And my brother-in-law, you know, he's saying, try CPR, try CPR, try CPR. And so I've never done CPR in my life. I know absolutely nothing about CPR. The only CPR I know is what I've seen David Hasselhoff do. Okay? <laughs> like that's the extent. Okay, So I turn and I put her on this ottoman, which I learn later is like a thing you don't do. You don't put them on a soft surface. And so I just start pushing on her chest and doing these chest compressions. And her head is just swinging back and forth. Her arms are just flailing at her side. She can't move. She's not doing anything. She's not breathing. Nothing's happening. And so so I breathe in her mouth. And I start doing it again. And nothing's happening. And so then I breathe in her mouth again. And I do more compressions. And yet nothing's happening. And so then I, I breathe in her mouth again. It's the third time. And I do the compressions. And then finally, there's a little, <clears throat> a little cough. And see, the fallacy, the thinking is that, oh, she coughed. Everything's going to be okay, right? But no, it's the furthest thing from the truth. And I'd been on a beach one time before with a girl who, was, who drowned. And they were doing CPR on her. And she did the same thing. She had a little cough. But there was still no response. And so Ziva, she did the same thing. There's still no response. And, you know, in an instant, in the, when, when things are going bad, the enemy wastes no time to come and fill your mind with every evil, wicked thought that can scare you, worry you, paralyze you, fill you with fear. And so all of these thoughts come rushing into my mind whenever I see What's going on? And it's, she's already gone. Don't even try. We had drove down to Florida, and it's even the thought of, you're going to drive back with an empty car seat in the back seat. That detailed of a thought. The enemy is just coming at me. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, what we put in us is going to come out of us. Not sometimes. That always happens. But sometimes... You don't necessarily know what to say, but I can tell you the one only thing you need to say is you just cry out to Jesus, and you just say Jesus, 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 Jesus. You give me the victory, Jesus. You give me try, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You, she, you give her life, and, and so I'm doing the compressions again for the fourth times, and and then finally she spits up some water, and you think, oh great, she's okay, but no. Her eyes are still closed and she's still not responding. And so I'd turn her on her side because a little water had come up and the operator said, okay, turn her on her side and make sure to clear her mouth out and, and keep tapping her chest. To, you know, do you feel a heartbeat? And I said, yeah, Ruthie, now I feel, I feel a little, little bit of a heartbeat. And she said, tell me when she breathes again. And so I waited That was, what, probably 15 seconds, 10 or 15 seconds. It was 30 seconds before she breathed again. And then I, we're still tapping her chest and trying to get her to breathe. And so then the operator says, tell me when she breathes again. Another 30 seconds went by. And so then finally the fire department gets there. And they run around, them and they come running up to her. And, and so then they start trying to work on her. And the ambulance gets there, and they pick her up, and they sprint her around to the front. And they tell us, you know, they say, Mom, Dad, if we have to lifelight her out of here, the closest place is 60 miles away. Neither one of you can fly with us. But if we take her in an ambulance to the hospital, then one of you can ride with us. And so, you know, but then he runs around to the ambulance and they start trying to run the IV in. And when they start trying to run the IV in, all of a sudden we hear, I hear her just screaming as loud as she possibly can, just screaming. And normally, you know, when my baby's screaming, I'm like, shut up. (laughs) You know, but this time when she's screaming, I'm just like. Scream, baby, scream. Just let it out. As long as you want to, just keep screaming, you know, just keep breathing. Sometimes in life we feel like, you know, God, I'm not going to make it. I can't make it. But you know what? When we hang on to him, when we look to him, he said, I'm giving you the ability. Just keep moving. Just keep looking to me. Don't give up. Just keep looking to me. Just keep standing on my word. Just believe in me. Don't stop moving you see don't stop the enemy wants you to stop moving he wants you to stop looking to Jesus he wants you to turn and blame god and instead of turning to god see many times people turn from god but we got to turn to him and when we turn to him in the midst of crisis when we turn to him what happens is God says you're giving me something to work with i can work with this faith i can work with this because you're believing and trusting in me and i'm going to give you the victory because that's what you're believing for you're doing doing what I've said, just keep moving, just keep looking to me. You see, and we give Jesus life, we give him faith, we give him something to work with. What I'm saying today is for us to experience the victory, we got to continue to look to him we got to continue to say, Jesus, it's about you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I want to be full of everything that you're full of because I want to proclaim you to this world. I want to experience your life. I want to experience your kingdom. I want to experience all that you are. I want victory over the enemy. I want victory over the enemy. I want, victory over, I want victory over this situation. I want victory in my job. I want victory in my man. I want victory over my fight. I want victory in my life. You see, and that's what Jesus promises. That's what he brings. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what he did on the cross. How he said, I'm coming into Jerusalem on this donkey because I'm coming to give you peace. I'm coming in on this donkey because I'm coming to give you life. I am coming to save you. I am coming to make you whole. I am coming to deliver you. I'm coming to make your life different. I'm coming to give you the victory. And I'm going to go to that cross. And I'm going to choose to be beat beyond recognition. I'm going to choose to be whipped. I'm going to choose to carry that beam. To the point where i am fall down with exhaustion because I can't move anymore. But I'm going to choose to crawl up on that cross. To take your sin upon me and your sickness and disease. To become that so that I can bring life to you. So that you can have victory. See, that's the great good God that we serve. And then three days later... He comes and he rises from the dead. And he said, I have had victory over death and the grave. I have had victory over all manners of evil. And so because I've had the victory, now you choose me, you can have the victory too. You see, Jesus came so that you can know him, have a relationship with him, and walk in victory in every area of your life. He came so that you can experience the miracle of salvation. So that you could experience the miracle of walking in divine health. So that you could experience the miracle of having a full, flourishing relationship with Him. So that you could experience the miracle of peace in your finances. So that you can experience the miracle of who He is. See, victory, it glorifies God. Victory happens when we praise God. Victory reveals the goodness of God. Victory is for the purpose of salvation. Jesus is our victory. And he brings salvation to us. Let me pray pray with you today. Jesus, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that you are grace. That you, oh, Jesus, that you are your love. Father, that you, you loved us. Father, you didn't condemn us, but you came to liberate us. Father, and today, I pray that everyone here, a family here, God, that we would step into your freedom. Those of us that may be far from you this morning, that we would step back and, and take a closer step to you and enter into that relationship with you again. Or step closer to you so that we can hear from you again. If you're here today and you say, Adam, you know what? I am far from God this morning. I'm far from him. I'm not hearing his voice. I'm not sensing his presence. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand just right where you are. I just want to pray for you. Anyone here? Say, I want life. Anyone here? Okay, now one more group I want to pray for. If you're here and you say, Adam, you know what? I need a miracle in my life. I need to experience his victory in some area of my life. That's your hands already going up. Just raise your hand. I see you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. I see you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all just stand up on our feet this morning. I just want everyone if you raised your hand I just want to invite you to come and stand with me just come stand with me if you raised your hand or you should, there was a lot of hands I just believe as you take this step of faith that, that God's going to do a great work in your life there's a lot of hands going up give God this opportunity to work just believe him for a miracle this morning Believe Him that that great victory is going to take place in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Today is the day of change. Today is the day. It's a new beginning, a fresh start. All right, I'm just going to pray over you. Jesus, I just thank you, Father, for my friends, for my family here this morning. Y'all stretch your hands towards them. Father, I thank you that today is the day, God, of breakthrough. That today is a day of deliverance. That today is the day of victory. Today is the day of miracles. Today is the day, Father, of restoration. Today, God, is the day, Father, where that sickness or disease, Lord, that discouragement, that depression, that oppression that's tried to hold, this, hold them back, tried to push them down. Lord, today is the day of freedom. Jesus, I thank you that we have freedom in you. Lord, that we experience life through you. Jesus, that you have saved us so that we could be whole. Jesus, I just thank you right now for the breakthrough that's happening in their life. Lord, that right now that situation or circumstance is changing. Jesus, right now I pray that you would speak to them clearly. Speak to us all clearly, Holy Spirit. Lord, show us the things, give us your wisdom, the things that we need to do maybe on our part. the steps that we need to take and those things God that you have to do supernaturally Lord I pray that you would begin to do them that you would do them right now Father we surrender them to you now repeat after me say Jesus I believe in you I surrender my life to you and right now I surrender this situation whatever it is you just name it out whatever that situation is wherever it is that you need victory if it's in your health it's in your job with a co-worker with a family member whatever it is wherever it is you, you say Jesus I need victory here you just call him he says call on me in your time of trouble and I will answer you and I will show you great and wonderful and mighty things I have come to give you life and life to the full. Life more abundantly. He promises us. Jesus, I thank you that today is a day of great breakthrough. Of great breakthrough. That we're not going to allow the enemy to steal your word. That you spoke to us. But we're going to stand on your word. Stand on your promise. And know that you're faithful to fulfill them and bring them through. Thank you, Jesus. Now y'all just praise him.